2: with the latest from around the sec and the world of college football it's the punt and pass podcast dogs are winners a national championship for a new generation of bulldogs victory is mine yeah surprisingly i've been lame waiting for your next mistake i put in work and watch my status escalate your balls get stored
1: welcome I'm in, in to the punt and past podcast i'm your host drew butler usually joined alongside my co-host jake from got a special episode here for you today with a special guest that's right Dane Young in the house, contributor at UGASports.com, also program coordinator, the Grady School of Journalism for their sports media program and their new media program. I know I'm not giving you the official title of that. Dane will certainly dive into that as well. Many of you, of course, are familiar with Dane's work and the crew over at UGASports.com. So on this late January Friday, as we gear up for Championship Sunday in the NFL We'll touch on all the news and notes around Georgia football and the SEC. And of course, dive into a little bit of Dane's background as well. Dane, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, my man? I'm
2: doing well, Drew. And I just being in this seat on this show, it makes me feel like I can throw a football a bit better. So I'm at least the third best quarterback okay. you have had on. Possibly. I don't know who else you've had, but like I can promise you that that Jake and Aaron can throw a football better than me.
1: Yeah, and I probably could as well. So yeah, you're definitely good third about that. Yeah. behind that as well. We've had some great guests here. And uh, I've been on your podcast before. I don't know if you've ever been on Punt and Pass, but we love to keep it fresh over here. So we appreciate your time. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. I'm at Drew Butler. Dane, where can they find you on Twitter and Instagram?
2: At Dane Young, D-A-Y-N-E-Y-O-U-N-G.
1: Perfect, perfect. Go check out Dane's socials at Dane Young. And as always, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome sponsors, Solomon Brothers Jewelers, two great locations, one in Alpharetta, one in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. If you go to Solomon Brothers, mention Punt and Pass, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase and prize picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT Dane. This is for all your subscribers, listeners, followers on the dog vent as well. If they use the promo code PUNT when they download prize picks, you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's a free $100 that we're giving to all of your followers as well. Always fun to get dialed in on prize picks with the NFL playoffs coming up Sunday. We have an awesome slate with the AFC and NFC championship games. So shout out to prize picks and shout out. To Solomon Brothers. All right, Dane, we're going to get into your background a little bit. But first, let's touch on some of the news and notes that are happening around the world of college football. And we'll start in Athens. The big news out of the week was that Stetson Bennett has reportedly turned down an invitation to the Senior Bowls. I can see both sides of this. I really can. I was fortunate enough to play in the Senior Bowl way back when in 2012. It is a special week. Granted, it's much different for a punter like myself than a two time back-to-back national champion quarterback like Stetson Uh, but what were your initial thoughts here first off can you corroborate that he was actually invited did the invite actually happen because all I'm hearing is that reportedly he's turned down the invitation and he will not be in Mobile next week
2: yeah the language has been a little fuzzy on that of like was it extended or was it you know not it seems like a prom invitation and then someone not going to prom and what they want to say and what they don't want to say been there believe me (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, But, you know, I look at it as this is probably a a win for both sides. I guess the Senior Bowl gets a few headlines if Stetson is there. But what is Stetson Bennett going to prove in the Senior Bowl that he hasn't proven over the last two seasons against the best teams and the best action, you know, at at Georgia? And so maybe it's that he gets some of the face time with coaches, and he's going to get all of that anyway. Like, if you focus on that with your pro days and if you focus on that with the Combine, Stetson Bennett's connection to the people he needs to talk to, it's not like there's a barrier there that being in Mobile for a week was going to change. So if it's something that doesn't work for him, cool. If it's something that works for him, cool. I I don't think it's that big of a deal either way, although it does seem like just from the people I talk to that cover draft, that Stetson Bennett's name is kind of jumping up these draft boards a little bit, and uh, we'll see where he comes. But, But it looks like top 100, top 150 pick. Seems unfathomable
1: if you look at it like a year ago. Oh, and it makes the haters furious. It is hilarious how much of a lightning rod Stetson Bennett is, not only with Georgia fans, but all across the college football world. If you mention his name, you will elicit a reaction. And now certainly leading up to draft season, which many call silly season and talking season, um, that will only continue to snowball. You just said it. What else does Stetson have to prove? Um, One, in the biggest games, in the biggest moments, against the best competition, he has performed at his highest level. Two, in an NFL um, offense, Todd Munkin, you know, in the running for the 11 open offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL right now, so that is certainly not an issue. And three, really, Senior Bowl week is all about the practice. The game doesn't matter. So the only thing that Stetson could really gain out of it is what? Going in there, getting under center with guys he's never played with before, trying to impress coaches and scouts who may have a preconceived notion of what he should be or could be in the NFL. I don't think he had that much to gain. I really don't. So uh, if he got the invitation officially, if he did, turn it down as it's being reported. I don't really see why that would be a big deal. And on the backside of that, Mel Kuyper is now projecting him to be a round, a third round pick. Um, Is he trying to get clicks? I don't know. But I certainly think that the one thing everybody talks about Stetson Bennett with immediately is his size. Okay, Bryce Young is the same size or smaller. And Bryce Young is projected to be a top five pick. So I think you can crumble up that piece of paper. And throw it away, because that right there does not make any sense in the world when you're talking about why Stetson should be less than a third-round pick if it's just based on his size. And, of course, all those measurables, if he goes to the combine, they'll be checked, pro day, they'll be checked, hand size, height, length, all that stuff, will be put through a ringer. And I think Stetson will be sitting in a very nice position. If you think about it this way, Dave, okay, not next year, but maybe the next, or maybe the next, or hell, maybe it's next year, as Stetson Bennett say is on the Cleveland Browns and he's the third string quarterback and he gets thrown into action. Don't you think the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns would say, Hey, we can probably trust this guy to go out there and execute a game plan.
2: Especially when you look at what the NFL's become, when they added the 18th game, man, it seems like you can't get through a season without having two oh to three God. quarterbacks. And then now with Brock Purdy and what he's done with the 49ers and that situation just worked out. Like it's just the game has become so physical and they play for so long that these kinds of decisions really matter. And, and to your point, if Stetson Bennett's your second or third quarterback, you're probably a really, really good team because there are just yeah. a ton of great quarterbacks out there that can do the variety of things that he can do. You've seen him do it against some of the best defensive players in the country. And frankly, it may not have ever been tougher than when he was in practice at Georgia, when you start looking at. You know, it could be back to back years with first overall picks for Georgia. And then we know the defensive players that went last season probably another two to three, four, five in the first couple rounds of this draft. Stetson Bennett has played against the best in the world and he's looked great doing it. So I don't know why that would just stop because of the NFL. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next Tom Brady, but it does mean that he can be a, a valuable player in the league and he's a lightning rod. Some of it's, you know, his story and his attitude, but I also don't think you become Stetson Bennett without that story and that attitude. I think they're one of the same.
1: There's no doubt. A part of me thinks too, with the senior bowls, lack of interest, so to say, like late extension of an invitation. Stetson might be like, you know what? No. I ain't going. That's kind of the chip that he's had on his shoulder. Uh, that's an assumption that I'm making, but I wouldn't blame him if that were the case. And you bring up a great point with the 18 game NFL season. It is almost an expectation now that you're going to get deep onto your quarterback roster. Think about down the stretch during Christmas. I mean, Skyler Thompson, starting for the yeah. Dolphins, Anthony Brown, Starting for the Ravens? Hell, Brock Purdy. Now, granted, Brock Purdy is a Stetson-like story, but these are guys who had no expectation of playing. They get thrown into the fire to keep their teams in the playoff hunt. I think certainly Stetson Bennett could achieve that. Am I biased? One could say that I am, but I promise you, if given the opportunity, he will be. Just fine. I cannot wait to continue following this story. Um, he will always make headlines, Stetson, across the country, not just in the state of Georgia. When it comes to his NFL prospects, bouncing around the league a little bit, Josh Heupel signs an extension through 2029, getting nine million dollars a year. That's a lot of dough, Dane. It was a great year on Rocky Top, and uh, the expectations coaching, are only dude. going up from here, right?
2: We should have gone into coaching. I think. I think we're yeah. on the wrong side of this whole deal. in in talking about it. But we also don't have to put in those kind of hours either. Um, The expectations are high. I think this is a testament to Florida's dip as much as it is Tennessee's rise because there always has to be that second team in the division. And Tennessee is capitalizing on that. That game in Knoxville next year against Georgia will November be November 18th, massive. I
1: think. Yeah, it's late right. in season. Yeah, yeah. And
2: I think the SEC did a really smart thing in making the East competitive for longer by pushing that game later on the schedule. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised. I think this should happen one day, that Georgia and Florida is the final game of the regular season. Oh, really? Kind of no. like the Iron Bowl. I would love that. I think wow. it'd be awesome. Wow. It, Jacksonville, whatever. I don't care. But imagine if the SEC East comes down to the end Two out of the last three games for Georgia or Tennessee and Florida. Is that with the
1: expectation that Georgia Tech does not play Georgia anymore? Or where's your thought process on that?
2: Bingo. I I just don't see the the point of that in the future of college football for where Georgia Tech is. And I know a lot of the older fans, the ones that have some memories of that rivalry, they think that's heresy. That's fine. The sport's changing. It's all different. And for what people want to say, it's a TV show. And the media side of it is going to drive yeah. the decisions of what happens here, just like the recruiting decisions drive what's going to happen with Jacksonville. And I think we all kind of know where that's headed in future years. Um, Tennessee, hypels done a great job there. And I think as much as anything, they've had what Georgia did a few years ago, where it seems like everything's kind of moving in the same direction For as sure. the athletic department. And you start looking at Tennessee even beyond football, just what they've done with baseball and then men's basketball, women's basketball is better. Like as a whole, Tennessee athletics is on the come up. And if football kind of makes that next leap too, they already
1: beat Alabama. I yeah. guess the next hurdle is Georgia. You mentioned their athletic program. That basketball team is fierce. Uh, the dogs ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw in Knoxville on Wednesday night, but that is a you know certified right now, top two-seeded team in the tournament, heading into March, so is Alabama. Like, that's the rising tide that lifts all ships, and certainly Georgia's got some good momentum, but some growing pains happening right now within their basketball program. But Josh Heupel, he will be there for a while, $9 million a year. You said it, Dane. It would be nice to be a coach. How about Brian Kelly? This is <laughs> extra special, getting overpaid by $1 million in a two-month span. That's right. LSU found out that there was a clerical error from their payments processing team Coach Brian Kelly was overpaid by $1 million in May and June of 2022. His LLC was getting paid. They had some funky deal uh, on how the payments were happening, and they realized that they had overpaid the man by $1 million in an eight-week span. My question to you is this. Do you think that Brian Kelly even realized that?
2: Someone did, but I don't know if it's him. I don't Hell, know how close he, he was to I don't think he was telling
1: him. on himself. I'll tell you that right now. I can
2: tell you if Roddy Noblesy double pays me, he's not finding out <laughs> yeah, about it until his yeah. tax person tells him.
1: Exactly, you're going to go snitching
2: to, on myself.
1: You're going to go to Blind Pig Tavern and you know double up that tab and take care of uh, take care of yourself on Roddy's dime for sure. But that's just a fascinating story. I mean, a million dollars in eight weeks, dude. That's crazy. It shows you how much money is in SEC football. And that's
2: just the money that like we know about too. Like, what yeah. money do they have access to? And when you see them in the Ford commercials, what, what account does that go to? Like, we're just talking about the salary piece of this. And, we you know, we've talked about it for years with like what Jimbo Fisher's making and now what Kirby Smart's up there making. Yeah. Like, is there a cap to what this becomes one day? Because no. as crazy as all this is, you can argue for the money generated for the state and everything involved. And you start looking at, at, at money for PR, for these universities, all those things. You can still argue they're the most underpaid people for the amount of money they generate, which is absurd to say.
1: Yes, you are 100% correct. I've mentioned this a few times in the past. There is an article written by the USA Today years ago about Nick Saban and the effect that his hiring has had on the University of Alabama going back to 2007. What does Nick make? $12 million a year? He should be making $40 million a year. And I guarantee you Kirby Smart is on the exact same trend line when it comes to University of Georgia. Fundraising, out-of-state tuition, out-of-state enrollment and applications, all the buildings that are being put up on campus, just the general excitement around the brand, the football team, the athletic department. It is almost immeasurable. So you are 100% correct, guys like Kirby Smart guys like Nick Saban, you know, Josh Heupel will soon be in that realm. Uh, what they do from a statewide state revenue perspective outside of just their football program, they are invaluable. These salaries are not going anywhere. They will only continue to rise. All right, before we get into your background, Dame, Alabama looking still for an offensive and defensive coordinator. Of course, Nick Saban is no stranger to attrition on his coaching staff. Everybody poaches his
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Coaching staff want to get some of that magic. Georgia did it back in 2015 when they hired Kirby Smart away from Alabama to be their head coach. Seems like Jeremy Pruitt is kind of the name that is expected to be named the defensive coordinator. It was reported that Nick was going after Glenn Schumann, uh, who's kind of Kirby's right-hand man. He's been there since day one in Athens. Um, if the expectation is Pruitt on the D side, which I think you probably would agree with, this offensive coordinator hiring is going to be really important for the Crimson Tide.
2: I bet it comes from the NFL, if, if I, I think had so. to guess. Yeah, I think wow. it'll be someone. Yeah, that's where you look at where people have left when they leave Alabama, it tends to be some of those NFL, you see Brian Dable having gone through Alabama and then rising up to be a head coach in the NFL. You see Bill O'Brien going back there. They got Bill O'Brien from the NFL. I could be wrong about that. I mean, the joke that I made, because there is is is... a
1: name in the NFL who has a lot of college experience within the sec specifically, that makes a lot of sense. And that's Joe Brady, um, who led LSU's passing game with Joe Burrow back in 2019. Sorry to interrupt, but that's a name that I think uh, might be the choice.
2: In retrospect, though, I think Joe Brady tends to get a lot of credit when Stevens Minger had a ton to do with what was happening at LSU in that particular offense, and you know that was a fire in the pan situation. And Joe Brady hasn't really done a whole lot since that season, so I think we're still trying to figure out who deserves the credit mostly for that situation. And it may be that it's just a lot of people, and it's tough to replicate that kind of thing. The joke that I made though, because all I do is make Twitter jokes that you know some are funny and most aren't. Uh, (laughs) They already have Todd Grantham there, and Dan okay. Mullen's just hanging out at Lake Oconee. Yeah. So, you could get that band back together. Maybe you call C. Rob down at Baylor and get him back with Grantham. And Joe Cox is hanging out there already. So, there's yeah. just a whole lot of familiar faces around that program. Would they do that? I, frankly, I think Dan Mullen would be a tremendous hire really? for offensive coordinator for Alabama. His offenses work. I mean, go back to Pitt yeah, and, of and Trask at Florida. Like that was a good team that kind of punched above its weight. Just recruiting was the problem.
1: Well, that's not a problem at Alabama. You'll have players. Dan Mullen, I saw him at a golf tournament this past summer. And if you think he's goofy, if you think he's a little bit out there, um, he rolled up in a bright yellow Jeep Wrangler, um, yep. just totally stocked, regular tires, And it had like the Margaritaville parrot head tire cover on the back. And he just popped out living that lake life. I was like, (laughs) all right, you know, kudos to this guy. Probably getting paid a boatload still from Florida. He came out and said he's got no intentions of getting back into coaching right now. Uh, He's loving his gig at ESPN and obviously enjoying lake life, sipping on some margaritas, listening to Jimmy Buffett. I would assume. Uh, I don't know if he's.
2: I don't know if he's willing to ramp up that intensity that it takes to work yeah, for Yeah, it's Nick tough. Saban. I wouldn't want to do that. So, like, I, I don't discredit anyone that wouldn't want that kind of lifestyle. I, I just tend to think he's going to want someone from the NFL to continue these kind of spread passing concepts because Alabama's defense has gotten to a point in the last couple of seasons where the Crimson Tide has to outscore people to win games. Yeah. And so, if the offense is not scoring 40-45 a game, they're going to continue to lose at a higher clip
1: than what they're used to. So, you're guessing... Jeremy Pruitt will be the defensive coordinator. Uh, what about a guy like Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, he's in Thailand right now. His name was popping in touch up with a little, little bit. I don't know. Jeff Lebby's another name. He's at Oklahoma. That was Lane Kiffin's right-hand man at Ole Miss. Um, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like there's much rush. Saban obviously will take his time.
2: There's a guy hurt. like Tom Herman out there. Like I haven't seen anyone say that. Herman's but-
1: at um uh, isn't Herman at FAU now? I think he's the head coach at FAU.
2: He's the now. head coach there, but yeah. I mean, Alabama offensive is a better- offer, I'm sure.
1: right. Yeah. I'm just saying that like when you start looking at
2: how Alabama's filled that role, a lot of times it's been someone with either some head coaching experience and it didn't work out, or high level coordinator yeah. in the NFL. They're not just they're not gonna do the dabbo thing and bump up somebody. That's just gotcha. not what happens there. Yeah,
1: no, I I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, I want to get into a little bit of your background. I'm fascinated in what you do uh, within Georgia's Grady School of Journalism, sport media program, new media program. Before that, though, if you're listening now, it's NFL Playoff Championship weekend. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT, P-U-N-T, PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. I'm extending this to all of Dane's loyal followers and everybody over at UGA Sports as well. I'll tell you this. If you download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, and you tweet at me and show me, I'll send you one of these punt and pass rope hats. I'll get Jake to sign it. Hell, I'll even sign it if you want me to. If you want Jake to sign it and you don't want me to sign it, which I would totally understand, I'll do that for you as well. Just tweet at me. Show me that you signed up on Prize Pick using the promo code PUNT, P-U-N-T, PUNT. You'll get a free punt and pass hat signed by whoever you want, Jake, Drew, or both of us. At Drew Butler. On Twitter. Shout out to Solomon Brothers as well, the number one jewelry store in the Southeast. You're a contributor at ujsports.com. We all are familiar with your work there, but you're a program coordinator. And I want you to give me the official title within Grady School of Journalism. When I was in school at Grady back in 2010 11, there was no sport media program. What's going on at Grady?
2: Yeah, so I graduated from UGA in 2011 as well. So we were there okay. right around the same time. I think you're, we weren't in the same cohort. We were doing news source on those things. You were slightly ahead of me, I believe. on Yes, that. that's correct. So, um, yeah, the Carmichael Sports Media Institute started, uh, it, it was just the Grady College, it was the sports media program there. And then uh, that started around 2014, 2020. Uh, Carmichael, the Carmichael Foundation in Atlanta endowed it and uh, gave it some supports, announced the Carmichael. Sports Media Institute. I'm the program coordinator for it. And uh, we teach the next generation of sports media professionals. That's journalists, that's hosts, like the stuff that we're doing here. That's PR professionals. It's a whole variety of things. Uh, Even as I'm talking to you right now, we have students going out to cover uh, North Oconee girls and boys soccer in their first game of the season. And uh, they had, I think they covered Clark Central and Cedar Shoals basketball this past weekend. So they get a lot of like live reps doing this kind of work in it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I've really been thrilled to become a piece of it. I've been in this role for a little over a year now. Uh, I worked in PR for the college beforehand. And so I've uh, been a UGA employee
1: for about five years now. That's awesome. It's a totally kick-ass program. I mean, just turn your TV on, whether you're watching your local news all across the Southeast, national news on some of the biggest morning shows in the entire country, all over sports media as well. There are Georgia Bulldogs everywhere, and it says a lot about the amazing school of journalism that we have at UGA, of course, led by great people like Dane at Grady, even Liam Brandley, um, who's now our <laughs> full-time—you know—call him a contributor, call him an intern, whatever you want. He's part of the team now. I said, "How on earth did you get to Georgia?" It's like I lived in Australia. I knew I wanted to get into sports and sports media. Who's the best, Georgia? I made my way to Athens. I was like, can I that tell you about Liam's awesome. hustle though? Yeah. So please. like
2: this guy just like, cause I, I monitor some of the Instagram and Twitter accounts for the Carmichael Sports Media Institute. And like one of the first months on the job, this DM comes in, this guy named Liam and he says, I want to learn more about this. I live in Australia. It probably came in at like 4 AM our time. Sick, I don't know yeah. what it was there. And so I'm like, cool. I'm going to get you in touch with, uh this guy named carlo that's going to help you out and kind of you know tell Shout you out the basics. to carlo
1: finley great
2: great guy and then boom like here we go liam's in the program he's in america doing this he connects with you like this guy's got some hustle yeah uh, man he's and, been and great. his accent is fantastic so i mean that's you know. the
1: yeah that that's the silver bullet right there dude you get the accent on there he's gonna get it he has a leg up on everybody when when he starts talking that's a fact
2: he absolutely does. But like <laughs> those kinds of stories are, are awesome to me. And man, Drew, you've been around other media folks that went to other places and I'm not yeah. disparaging anywhere else, but like Georgia really is special and has like such a high standard for when you graduate from really any of the programs at Grady College, I can speak to journalism specifically and I'm getting my master's there in it right now. Yeah. But like when you graduate from there, you kind of know what
1: you're doing. Like, yeah, you have to still no go learn and
2: do it in the real world. But like you can tell the ones that come from UGA and the ones that don't. That It's a powerhouse.
1: Yeah, and I think some of the schools that you're probably talking about, um, a Syracuse, which is really well-known for sports broadcasting. A lot of the top play-by-play guys in the country all went to Syracuse talking about Mike Tirico, Dave Pash, uh, mm-hmm. our good buddy Sean McDonough. I mean, the list goes on and on. Northwestern. Northwestern's more of a hardcore journalism school. Mike Greenberg went to Northwestern, a couple of others. Um, um Wilbon, uh Michael Wilbon with Northwestern, who's on *Pardoning the Interruption, tons of people. Missouri has a pretty good journalism school. But in this new age, um, digital broadcasting, podcasting, sports analysis, I would put Georgia at the top. There's no doubt about it. I've been in interviews, Dan. I'll just tell you right now, to where people tell me we have too many Georgia people here. I'm like, that's bullshit. I'll just tell them right now. <laughs> do I get now? I'm gonna get criticized because we have too good of a journalism school we're putting out too much talent uh that's a great problem to have though all right so you've been involved in the media space since 2011 2010 when you were doing news source i'm gonna put you on the spot here what's the best event you've ever covered only one is allowed what's the best event dane young's ever covered the
2: masters went to uh, cover the masters four straight years in, in local tv and uh, that was a lot. of fun. I mean, there are some others I've covered. Final fours. I've covered SEC championships, all those things. But there's something special about that place, man. Like it, and maybe it's the fact that you get disconnected from the world and you walk back in time. And yeah, uh, that that's the one that immediately comes to my brain. If you made me just pick another isolated thing, because I grew up in Georgia in the 90s and was chipper jones was my first favorite athlete and i just wanted to be him and when i realized mm, that's not going to work i just wanted to talk about him and that's what kind of sparked the career covering his number retirement ceremony at uh, at the time what was it, turner field it, that was kind of i don't get nervous in this stuff anymore because i've I've talked to a lot of the big people and interviewed them that was one time where the, the heart starts beating a little bit faster because you're like look i, I know i'm an adult now yeah. but like that's still chipper jones you know like it, it. it brought me back to like child Dane and seeing it through those eyes and um yeah th- those are the ones but the Augusta National is just special I, unless you go there I don't know if you
1: can explain what that place is it is special the fact that you've covered it certainly um puts it at the top of the list I mean I've been a number of times and and I'm looking outside my window right now it's you know chilly 50 degrees out but it's crisp and blue and You just know that Augusta, that first weekend in April, is right around the corner. All right, uh, last thing. What are the top three places that you've been to to cover an event? Assuming Augusta's in there, uh, top three venues that you've been to when covering event.
2: I think Sanford stadium is, is awesome. So like, I'm probably biased in that too, but like, it's also like the accommodations, like they just have more room for media. They treat media better. They have Claude Felton and other places. don't. Claude father, of course. Yeah. Like I, I, my adoring love for Claude is half of my Twitter feed and (laughs) I will forever tell
1: him how awesome he is Uh, in terms of. What what about Leland Barrow though? Leland like became this kind of pseudo celebrity this year, always being next to Stetson. He's got the grizzly beard. You know, that's my guy. Now I love Claude uh, Leland, and I have been in the trenches a long time. Maybe he's getting a little too big for his britches. We got to keep him in check. I like the beard,
2: though. I think he okay. did good going with the beard.
1: Okay, I'll, I don't I'll know if it's that. a
2: playoff beard or how that works, but, okay. but I like it.
1: All right, um, all right.
2: Baton Rouge Death Valley is pretty special. I like. I that. haven't done it at night though, so I need to go cover a game there at night. Um, see, I love college football more than than just about anything. I'm trying to think of other places I've covered things um yeah i'd probably go i mean in terms of like media accommodations like covering nascar at atlanta like they just open up everything and really you get to like yeah i gotta ride around with chase elliott in the car and I mean,
1: that's sick um,
2: you know like in terms of like them wanting you to be there and, and giving you everything you need to do the job like nascar was kind of unprecedented in that way like uh, golf is up there too like big time college football is hard to cover just yeah. because like there's so many people that want to do it but you maybe pick like favorite stadiums i'm probably picking those and i mean i i loved covering games at the georgia dome when the sec championship game was there for sure Um, i actually probably enjoyed that a bit more than mercedes-benz but that's yeah. just me
1: yeah
2: um, a bit more Same. intimate for sure and, and uh, look georgia fans can say what they want to Covering a game in neyland stadium is pretty darn cool like that place is yeah big and massive
1: yeah yeah that is a when neyland's rocking uh, it is one of the best atmospheres in college football. I, yeah. I would I would say that with pretty clear certainty. So, you know, being in the SEC week in and week out, when you're a top-ranked team like Georgia and you got the bullseye square on your back, just about anywhere you go, the atmosphere is going to be awesome. Well, Dan, The loudest
2: place, though, yes. is, is Jordan-Hare to me. When all really? the fans care, I think yeah. Jordan-Hare gets louder than any place I've covered. Again, LSU at, at night may top it, but... The LSU game that I'm thinking about was, it was like the hottest game I've ever covered. And Leonard Frenette was throwing Trey Matthews over his back and running for like 280 yards. Yeah. Um, We don't want that. That's not
1: ideal. That is not It was was
2: Auburn Trey Matthews, not
1: Georgia Trey Matthews. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a clear, yeah, clear indication there for (laughs) sure. Uh, Well, Dane, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can find you on UGA Sports and on social media.
2: UGA sports.com. Uh, our YouTube page is what we've really been pushing over the last like couple of years because we're the most popular Georgia bulldog centric YouTube channel. Yeah. And we've really grown that and we're proud of that. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter, Dane Young, D A Y N E Y U N G. So we really appreciate your friendship. Um, we don't get to see each other as much as I wish we did. So when you're
1: in Athens, hit me up and I'll buy you a beer, all right? Absolutely. I will take you up on that. Be sure to follow us on social media as well, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler, PuntandPass.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Anybody that tweets me, first person that tweets me, a picture that they signed up and used the promo code, I'll send you a free hat, signed by whoever you want, Jake or myself or both. And as always... If you need new jewelry, new anything, new watch, Solomon Brothers has got you covered. Go to Solomon Brothers, two locations, Alpharetta and Buckhead. Mention Punt and Pass. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Thanks so much, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. See you. consultation.